Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. You know, when you take it and say, you know, I'm just, I'm going to do this for the Lord. It completely changes the whole thing. And whatever you're doing as you're doing it unto the Lord, if it needs to be done, you can count on the fact that there's value in it. If you just put it in that perspective of, you know, it's a job. It needs to be done. I'm paid to do it. I'm able to pay the bills through it. You know, God, I'm, I'm doing this for you. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, in a message titled, The Christian and the Workplace. Now, here's Pastor Brian. We're coming to the conclusion of the the practical aspect of the epistle where, you know, after Paul had told us all the, the wonderful things that God has done for us, then he, you know, he tells us how to respond by living a life that uh, is pleasing to the Lord, a, li- a life that's consistent with our profession of faith. And we, we've been looking at a variety of different things, and now he brings it into the workplace. So that's our topic, but let me read uh, verses five through nine to you. Bond servants or for our context, employees be obedient to those who are your masters or employers according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters or employers do the same things to them, to your employees, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. So, just to kind of set the record on this, you know, work is, is a good thing. And uh, some people kind of look at, at work as, well, you know, that resulted from the curse of sin that came upon the world. And, that, you know, therefore we, we have to work. Uh, but no, before sin ever entered into the world, God created man and he created the man and the woman and he gave them task to perform. So, so work is a good thing and it's part of our our lives as Christians. As a matter of fact, it's part of everybody's life, really, right? Um, It's been estimated that the average person will spend 90,000 hours in the workplace over their lifetime. 90,000 hours, that's that's a lot of hours. And so, you know, the job is an important place to live out our Christianity. It's an important place for our Christianity to be displayed because it's a place that we will uh, spend a whole lot of our lifetimes in. And so, again, we see the very practical application of God's truth, and Paul is here applying it in that context. So we want to look first at what he says to the employee 
and then at the employer, secondly, and then thirdly, we're going to go back and look at Jesus as our uh, great example in this regard. So, first of all, we read here in verse 5, bond servants or uh, employees, be obedient to those who are your masters. So, so how does that translate into life today? Because, right, we're not talking about the slave um, master thing like we did previously. We're looking at it in our own context. So when it says be obedient, I think we could understand that to to really be referring to abiding by the rules of the workplace. So as a Christian, I'm to be obedient. I'm not to be rebellious. I'm not to be resistant. I'm not to be negligent. I'm not to be a person who's never on time. I'm always late or you know, I'm not following along with the rules. No, as a Christian, I am to be a person who is punctual. I am to be a, a person who is faithful. I am to be a person who is, is going to abide by the rules that are set up uh, on the job. We are to really be faithful and committed, and we are to abide by the rules. And, and then he adds here, he says, with fear and trembling. And I think that what that would look like in our context is that we are to have respect toward our employers. So again, not a rebellious attitude, not an ungrateful attitude, uh, but a, a respectful attitude toward those that employ us, recognizing their position, recognizing uh, their authority. God is into authority structures. Those that might be under an employer our attitude toward them is to be one of respect. But then Paul says that we are to do things not as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart. So really approaching our positions, our jobs, with, with an attitude of sincerity. I, I'm not there just you know, working hard when it's going to be probable that the, that the boss is going to see me. But, you know, if there's no chance of that happening today, then I'm, I'm just going to slough off. I'm not going to be as committed. You know, hey, the boss isn't in. It doesn't really matter today. No, but I keep in mind that, no, I'm serving the Lord. And we're doing what we are doing as unto the Lord. And then Paul says, with goodwill, doing service to the Lord. With goodwill, I, I look at that and I think, you know, just having a, a heart of, of goodwill toward what we're doing. You know, what, whatever it is I'm doing. You know, if you, if you have a job today and you are a Christian, then you know, you can take it that this job is, is God's will for you. This is where he has you. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're seeking to, to do his will in your life, then where you're at, you can, you can just look at it and say, you know, this is God's will for me. And since this is God's will for me, I'm going to do it with goodwill. I, I'm going to want to do the best job possible. A good work ethic and a, and a good intention to 
do my best as unto the Lord. That's, that's the, the attitude that Paul is talking about here. You know, really, honestly, as, as Christian people, as followers of Jesus, we should really be the, the top employees. Maybe we're not as skilled as other people, but what we, what we lack in skill, we make up in devotion and commitment. That really should be the case. So this is the attitude of the employee. This is what Paul says. But he moves on from there, and he addresses then the masters or the employers, and he says to them, he says, and you masters do the same things to them. So I pointed this out in, in our previous message that it was the New Testament, it was the teaching of the apostles, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ that brought the sense of equality that the slaves in that cultural situation, that they had rights as well. And so as we translate that into our current situation, the employer needs to remember that the employee has rights as well. So just as, as Paul has been saying to the employees, okay, these are the things that you are to do, he turns around to the employer and says, now you do the same things. So those kinds of things that we're talking about where there's the respect and doing things sincerely and so forth, that applies to the employer as well. But let's look at a few things. So when he says do the same things, then I, I would say that we could talk about fairness in the workplace, coming down from the top, from the employer. Fairness in both task and wage. So if you are a, an employer, you have an obligation to be fair to your employees. Now, of course, this has been an ongoing problem for ages, but it's that situation where the employer is taking advantage of the employee, where the employer is making uh, a, a million times more than the, the people who are doing the work. Now, obviously, there, there's a place for somebody who pioneers a business or invents something to, to do that, but there needs to be the recognition that there, there should be a fairness as well. So there should be fairness in regard to the task. In other words, we shouldn't overly burden people, but put back-breaking task on them. That's going to crush them. And there also needs to be a fairness in wage. Instead of just looking to enrich myself and not really thinking about those who are working for me, I need to think about those who work for me as well. And I need to be concerned about their well-being. I know Christian businessmen and uh, people who own uh, different companies and things, and, and I've seen this kind of good, godly ethic there where there's a concern not just for their own enrichment, but they, they really have a concern for their employees. It's a beautiful thing. And the workplace becomes like, sort of like an extended family. And secondly, there would also be a respect toward the workers, a respect toward the workers. Remember, Paul is reminding us here that there's, there's no partiality with God. There, there's an equality. And, and sometimes it's easy for us as human beings, we naturally go in this direction. It's easy when we're in a, a superior position to get arrogant about that. 
and to start looking down on the people that work under us and to somehow think that we're better than they are and to even disrespect them. But that should not be the case if I am a believer in Jesus and I am a business owner, if I'm an employer in some way, I need to have respect toward those who work for me. You know, um, there's that picture back in the Old Testament book of Ruth, that little book of Ruth. There's Boaz, who's the, he's kind of one of the main characters in the story of Ruth there. And Boaz is, is a wealthy business owner. And he has all of these employees that work for him. And there, as you're reading through the story, it, uh, it pictures Boaz as he goes out and he daily greets his workers. And he greets them with a blessing. He, he comes and he just pronounces a blessing upon them. And they, in response, come back with a, with a blessing toward him as well. That's a beautiful picture of the attitude that we should have if we are employers toward those that work for us. So respect toward the worker, and then again, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord. So just like the employee is doing this with goodwill, doing it with sincerity of heart, doing it with all of their heart, doing it to do the best job possible, so the employer has that same sort of a heart toward those who are laboring under their leadership. There's a goodwill toward them, directed toward them. And Paul says here, giving up threatening. Giving up threatening. So there's not to be a harshness or a a tyrannical sort of a attitude that's coming from those who are at the top, so to speak. But there's to be a, a graciousness and a kindness. Now, Having said this, I want to take it and now I want to put it in the context of Jesus himself because there we see that Jesus, Jesus himself, he is both master and slave. And so in Jesus himself, we see there's an example for us for If you're the employee, there's an example for you in Jesus because he was a slave. He he referred to himself as that. But he's also clearly the master. So we see in Jesus, for those who are in the position of employer, we see that here's a model for us to exemplify. And so as we go back to the story that we read of, of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, now it says there, a couple of things that we need to note. It says that as Jesus was about to do this task of washing the disciples' feet, it says he did this conscious of the fact that he had come from God and he was going back to God. So it prefaces the, the story of him washing the disciples' feet with that. Jesus, knowing that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. So he's fully cognizant of his deity, that he is God. And what does he do? He strips himself down and he girds himself with a towel and he takes a basin of water and he goes and he begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Now, what Jesus did, fully conscious of who he is as God, He takes the lowest possible position. 
because the washing of the feet was reserved for the lowest of the servants. That's why the, the disciples reacted. And then Peter's the one we, we get insight into his reaction. That's why he reacted the way he did. He's like, Lord, what, what are you doing? You can't do this. You know, Peter understood who Jesus was. No, Jesus, you can't do this. You're the Lord. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, well, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Oh, okay, well then, you know, just give me a bath. I want to make sure I'm, I'm part with you. But obviously, Peter didn't understand what was going on, and Jesus made that clear. He said, you don't know what I'm doing right now, but you will know later. You'll know afterward. And then he said this. He said, if I, your Lord and your master, have done this for you, then you are to do this for each other as well. So you see, Jesus was the Lord and the master. He was indeed. He knew fully who he was, but he also was a slave, and he became the servant, the lowest servant. You know, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, and especially as we look at that example that Jesus set there, taking that lowest position, you know, there's nothing that's below me. There's nothing that's below you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Mark 10, 44, he that would be the greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. So you see, this is the attitude that we are to have. And think about it, in the workplace, if you as an employee have that, if, if the employer has that, that's going to create a, a, a really wonderful work environment. And, it, and if, if we took everything that's said here and truly applied it, it wouldn't only create a wonderful work environment, it would create a very productive work environment as well. Because we're doing what we're doing as unto the Lord. And as Christians, we should be truly the best employees. Whatever we do, whatever task it is. And it might be something that you just don't like doing at all. Something that naturally you would despise doing. But you know when you take it and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this for the Lord. It completely changes the whole thing. And whatever you're doing as you're doing it unto the Lord, if it needs to be done, you can count on the fact that there's value in it. Sometimes we feel like what we do is mundane. We feel like it's worthless. I mean, you know, why am I doing this? What does it matter anyway? But if you just put it in that perspective of, you know, it's a job. It needs to be done. I'm paid to do it. I'm able to pay the bills through it. You know, God, I'm, I'm doing this for you. And the whole, the whole thing changes. Honestly, something that has worked against the advancement of the gospel has been people who are professing Christianity, talking about their faith, but being lousy employees. That's worked horribly against the, the advancement of the gospel. And that does happen. You know, somebody will come into a place and, hey, I'm a Christian, and they, you know, talking about the Bible and Jesus said this and all of that, and, but yet they, they don't show up to work on time. They try to, you know, get out of there as quick as possible. They never want to help anybody out. They're not really doing a good job on their particular task. And yet, praise the Lord. And people look around and say, wow, man, 
you know, be better to just don't say praise the Lord. Just be quiet. <laughs> no, you know what's actually a better witness is just work hard. Be diligent. Be faithful. And people, people will find out that you're a Christian. And they'll, they'll put those things together and go, wow. Man, that, that guy's a Christian. That, that, that lady, she's a, she's, a, she's a believer in Jesus. But look how, look how hard they work. That's great. You see, that's, that's the greater witness. I mean, I, I have heard many times over, over the long years of pastoral ministry, I've heard employees come in saying, hey, look, you know, we hired this guy, he comes to your church, and, you know, he's really a bad witness. And it just, you know, doesn't do anything. Just witnesses all day. Says, says he's serving God. He's sharing the gospel with people. And... And then I've actually had occasions where I've, I've had conversations with people. Hey, hey, look, I, you know, <laughs> I helped you get this job. And, and now, you know, the guy's telling me that you're, you're not doing anything. He's like, hey, bro, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing. You know, I'm, I, I got to tell people about Jesus. No, you show them Jesus. Work hard. And tell them after work about Jesus. That, that'll work out. Take them to dinner or something. So, you see, this is all... Christianity is the, the religion of the, the rubber meeting the road. It's, you know, it, it works on, on this level. It's supposed to work on this level. It's about every aspect of life. And I want to close with quoting from Colossians chapter 3, verses 17 and 23. And this kind of ties it again all together. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. So those two things, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, whatever you're doing, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. As an employee, work in the name of the Lord Jesus. As an employer, approach your whole business life in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, and whatever you're doing, do it with all your heart. That's the idea. Do it heartily means to do it with all your heart because you're doing it for the Lord. That's the, that's the best perspective that we can have. We just take that with us into the workplace. I am doing this for the Lord. This is my work for God. A lot of people come and say, you know, I don't know what what I can do for the Lord. I, I'm not sure what I'm gifted to do. And, and of course, there are, there are many things, but oftentimes I'll say to a person, you know, what do you do for a job? They'll tell me where they work. Do that for the Lord. That's a place to start. You can do that. You should do that. We're called to do that. And as we do these practical things, and as we've looked at this section, all of the, just the, the daily life that we live, as we live it to the glory of God, this helps in the advancement of God's kingdom. And that's, in the end, that's really what it's all about, right? We want to see God's kingdom furthered. And so one of the ways we can do that is by being faithful with the task that is put before us, doing it with a Christ-like attitude and doing it for the glory of God.
And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. A great book that I recently read was the book called Finding the Right Hills to Die On. And this is written by a young man named Gavin Ortland, and he is a brilliant writer. And this book deals with the subject of Christian unity. It just seems like so often we're divided up over theological issues, and many times we are dividing over things that don't really matter in the big picture. And so the title kind of indicates that, finding the right hills to die on. We don't want to die on every hill. There are certain things, obviously, we need to stand and fight for certain essential doctrines. So this book kind of puts in perspective what the priorities are. And so I highly recommend Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. You can order the book Finding the Right Hills to Die On by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.